This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, This episode has been delayed a little bit due to the bank holiday, but that has given us an extra few days to make like the Northern Spanish and bask in the afterglow of a triumphant 4-0 win over Reading. Basking with me, a basket short of a picnic, Matt Shaw this week. I have the Carol Baskin to my Joe Exotic. It's Richard Kasmala. And with us today uh, is a town fan with a warm, fuzzy glow that only three league wins in a row for the first time in 53 months can give you. It's Matt Wilson. Who came up? Uh, we may be joined at some point by uh, Cameron Pope, who is having a few internet issues. So if he jumps in midway, don't be alarmed about that. I've spared you from a, a Baskin Robbins and a basketball quick there, Matt. So be grateful for... Uh... Yeah, Matt, for anyone watching on YouTube, explain your stadium, mate. It looks like, I think I've got about 15 pints here and... We're going back 1994, and then we're going to 2021. Mate, I'll be honest with you. It is just covering an eyesore of a room that I'm in. So I uh, <laughs> I, have, I have no responsibility for the actual shot um, at Swansea City because I got it from their website. Um, but, yeah. Never trust the Welsh, mate. <laughs> I've, just, I've just been to Wales. I'll have to stick up for them. Uh, right. So before we get going, I want to say another thanks to our sponsor, Magic Rap Brewing. Um Make it part of your match day ritual. It's a really good place to meet up with friends pre and post match, uh, whether you're on the booze, win or lose, as you say, Cosy. And so, yeah, thank you to Magic Rock for, for sponsoring episode 114 of Andy Takes That Chance. 
Right then, guys, Huddersfield Town 4, Reading nil. The first time we've won three on the spin since that lovely Wagner period in February, March 2017, where we actually won six in a row, uh, which included a win over Reading in and amongst that. Uh, it's our biggest win at home since uh, the last home game before lockdown when Town beat Charlton 4-0 as well. Uh, I thought the home game against Everton provided a really good springboard and a template to go at Reading as well. Uh, it was uh, a really promising performance, I thought, Matt. Yeah, I mean, crying out loud, I- I'm I'm still a bit in shock actually, <laughs> like because I-, I watched the um, what the Preston game, and I-, I remember watching that and just thinking this is the worst win that I can kind of remember going back for some time. Like I just thought we were terrible and. I was very, very concerned about how the season was going to pan out. And then obviously we we had the win against Sheffield United and I guess a good performance against Everton and a little bit unlucky um, and kind of was, you know, like fairly positive, but I just did not see 4-0 against Wedding, uh, Wedding against Reading until my miss... You're living down south too long. <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> um, So it just took me completely by surprise, but... Um, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It feels good to actually have a spring in your step and, and feel proud uh, of the town, you know, because we've not had much of that. So I think probably the best performance for me since since we got promoted, really. Yeah, you know, walking away from the ground, you, you kind of, you know, spring a bit. And, you know, my little boy went, had his picture taken with Terry the Terry. And it's those kind of games where you think, shall we wait, shall we wait outside and see if there are some players come out and maybe have the picture taken with him? We didn't in the end, but... You know, sort of those little things go through your mind because you, you know, you're on a bit of a high, aren't you? Um, Cosy, uh, Tom Lee's in for Nabisar uh, now shows strength in depth at the back as well. Nabi had been been excellent, hadn't they? Up to up to really sort of the the Sheffield United game and you know move to the left against Everton. Uh, Tom Lee's started pretty well. Currently per game, he's averaging more tackles and interceptions than Nabi, uh, who's our top centre back per game for clearances and blocks. So you could argue really. You know, stats aside, we've got two different centre backs that we can pick and choose. You know, plug and play depending on the opposition. It's horses for courses, but both uh, doing very, very well so far. Yeah, if I'm being honest, my dad's always in his seventies uh, now. Bless me, could have been played at the uh, back on Saturday and uh, done nothing. I thought Reading were absolutely atrocious. Give me a lot of hope coming into the game. I were in a lot of problems about Reading, a lot of infighting, a lot of people. Not happy, the fans revolting there away following was pathetic on Saturday, which tells you all you need to know about how they're feeling about Reading. And the man who absolutely destroyed us in the game at the, uh, I'm going to say McAlpine, I think, Matt, your, uh, your screen's getting me confused. <laughs> Lucas Yao wasn't involved. So I was optimistic that we'd uh, we'd win the game, but still couldn't believe how, how bad they were in that as well. I mean... Yeah, Tom Lees is, is good to have around. For me, he's an upgrade on what we kind of let go last season. Yeah, 34 years old. You know, Keo wasn't much kind of younger, really. What's it? He was older, wasn't a little bit. And Stephen, probably the same age. But I just think when I see Tom Lees, I just think there's a few more miles on the clock, shall we say, you know, there. And a guy I've, I've always kind of rated as well when we've played against him, which uh, was never to be said, certainly for Keo and uh, probably not as well for Stephen. So pleased and yeah, Nabisar, uh, God, we don't want to whisper it too loud, do we? But Because, you know, it's like Kalama is never far away. But in the month of August, mate, you've just got to stick your thumbs up and say, Nabi, you've set the standards, mate. Keep it going. Yeah, so one thing that we that we mentioned last week, mate, was um, 
we, we, we sort of tempered it slightly, but we were sort of saying, are we that good? Or are the or are the fixtures being that kind? You know, and there are arguments obviously that you've got to beat what's in front of you. You know, teams come, you've got to put, you know, put them to the sword. But we were we were sort of deliberating whether we'd actually played teams at a really good time. I think the fixture list has been really cruel to us in the you know in the sort of past twenty four months, to be honest. But this start, are we? You know, we're fourth in the table. Are we that good, Cosy? Or is it just a case of we've picked some teams that are good? a good time and maybe we should not quite just get carried away just yet. Although I might get carried away. Oh, it's, it's sad not to get carried away when we've had, you know, losing football for three, four seasons in a row. And all of a sudden we've racked up 10 points. You're seeing us on the first page of the table for the first time in God knows how long. And yeah, but yeah, I'm, I might get a bit of criticism for this and the Grim Reaper, but oh God, I don't want to pull us to bits, but Derby, Probably in the in the biggest mess they've ever been for many many a year. Uh, Fulham, probably champions elect where they've started off on that as well. They did a, a real good number on us. Preston, Matt just men, mentioned earlier how great you know that game was and that as well. Sheffield United, yeah, but you've only the good thing is Matt we're beating what's in front of us, which you couldn't have said that before, and I think we're doing it. Something I've banged on about before the start. See, we're doing it without, for me, a, a real Aaron Moy type figure, uh, Smith Road type figure in the middle of the park and that as well. And obviously we'll come on to him later on, but I think so much of the good stuff that we've seen at the start of the season is uh, come from Sober Thomas and kind of guys have, have just fed up him and that as well. So it's, I hate kind of down analysing and stuff, but I'd argue that we played one top team, Fulham. Yeah, you could save it in reserves, but they, what have you, but, and they took us apart. The others, I think we've we've hit at nice times and that as well. But someone said something interesting to me on a podcast that I think, I don't know if you were on the other day, Matt, that we did. Well, it's, it's crazy, really. There's a guy who seems to have got everyone from every championship team. And I went on after the first game after Derby and I was saying, you know, I think we're short of this and we're short of that. And this other guy said, we're short of this and we're short of that. And then we're short of this. And this, this guy just says, guys, you're all the same. Everyone is short of players. You know, everyone has not got the ideal squad. And, I've, I've kind of come away, you know, and the results since they came. You know what? I think he's right here. As much as we want, you know, we look at the squad and we think we could do with this, that, you know, maybe a winger and, and a creative midfielder. I think other teams are in a, a, just a mess as well. And I think we've only got to look at some of the window signings, which again, we'll come on to later on. But yeah, I think it's a tempered with that. Is Are we as, as bad as maybe I envisaged? I still would say the jury's out, but I'd say there's other teams in a real mess on that as well, because... That Sheffield United game we talked about the other week, it's pound for pound, player for player. They shouldn't even be in debate that Sheffield United should win to your 4 0, but they're in a mess. And it's quite interesting that it gets you going though, doesn't it? Because I'm just thinking, Nottingham Forest to come at home, Christ, they're bottom of the league, can't buy a win, you know, there then. Blackpool, you know, it's like, <sighs> calm down, but that's football for you. And I just think. But isn't I it think, good to feel this way, though? Isn't it good to actually be excited, you know, rather than just it feel like yeah. a chore, you know, turning up to the ground and just thinking, oh, there's another, almost like a, not quite a funeral march or a procession, but just sometimes you just turn up and go through the motions, whereas now you, you're kind of gliding up those stairs, aren't you, to your seat and, and you know, like arriving no maybe five minutes that. earlier. I feel like there's no pressure on us, and, and I mentioned it to you before. I thought the running game would tell us a lot about, you know, us, uh, how we've started, because for the first time, for a long, long time, I'd say a home game, maybe the Wickham one last season was was one I can remember where I think we were rocked up there last Saturday expecting to win the game. 
And that's a different kind of pressure, especially a team who's, I'd say, burgled a few results and played on the counter and stuff. It's almost like Hutsu Town at home, Reading in a mess. Hutsu Town got to win that game, 10,500 or whatever there, are turning up there expecting three points. That creates its own pressure. And we dealt with that beautifully. Yeah, you know, you could say they had flaws, but what we took the game on them and that as well, which was really, really good. The first time that I've kind of seen where we haven't, we haven't kind of pressed them with a bit of a strange one, but the other games kind of sat back and were waiting to pick them off. This was different. And I enjoyed what I saw in that as well. And again, it's just a really shame we stopped for uh, these international games. Oh, damn those international breaks. Right. Everybody at the minute is talking about one man, Sorba Thomas. And I feel like, I don't want to be left out from the conversation either. So let's let's have a chat about everybody's favourite wing-back at the moment. So, you know, he's sweet right foot, ice cold, you know, sober Thomas. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to add anything new. That's already that's not already been said, so we may rehash some, some of the old stuff. But uh, a stat I threw out, guys, is that in the six League and Cup games this season, he's now on five assists, which is good. Uh, six, if they would have counted the pass that he made for Josh Caroma against Sheffield United, but because it came back off the keeper, they seem to take that away as an assist, which I think is pretty harsh. Uh, the last time, when would you say the last time our wingers excited us? Would you say, yeah, two wingers and they both excited us? Would you say 16, 17, maybe? Kachunga coming in, scoring goals, and Van Lepara taking us up the pitch? I'm going back a bit further, mate. Ben Thornley and... Ben Thornley. Oh, been... Robbo and Pilks Rob- were the one, weren't they? They yeah. were... Yeah, we had quality at that point. Like the balls into the box, they could both kind of score goals. Like that, that was a good era. Okay, um, but but I, I don't know. I mean, I think that the um, I think that the what's beautiful about Sorbet Thomas so far, because even like you mentioned Aaron Moy earlier, Aaron, I love Aaron Moy. He's like probably I think the best player that I've seen play for Town. Like as in just the mastery of the football and, and the game on his day, he was incredible. But, um, you know, when he used to take corners and free kick, a lot of the time it just didn't seem that the quality was consistent enough. Whereas all of a sudden from these free kicks and these corners, every single ball going into the box looks to be like elite level. And I just hope he can maintain that because that it, it's, it's, where's he got this from? You know, like every single ball into the box looks to be sort of good. So, um, yeah, I think it's, he's doing amazing and uh the fact that he's kind of come from nowhere is just a beautiful thing. A little bit like a Josh Caroma, who's also quality and, and, and dangerous. Mm. Well, I was going to throw in 16-17, Van Lepara and Kachunga down the flanks for us. Both played 94 games between them, between them that season uh, and got five assists between them. So Sauber Thomas in six games has already matched uh, both of our wingers in you know from our promotion season, which shows the level of quality he's currently delivering and you know not to take anything away from Van Lepar and Kachunga because they were huge for us that season but the the levels he's currently producing are incredible you know if you look at uh, somebody threw a stat in the other day where he's made more key passes than the entire Barcelona team so far this season you know little quirky things like that and against Reading uh, his passing accuracy 84.2% 10 crosses into the box four key passes two assists one goal and a clean sheet because he's playing at wing back. And that's, you know, these these are phenomenal figures that he's currently pushing out. And the best thing I like about Sauber Thomas as well, Cosy, is that when he does something, when he scores after the game, he's loving life at the minute. And you can see he's the first one in the mix of everything. You know, 
the one who's got the biggest smile on his face, his arms, you know, he's constantly waving his arms, you know, trying to get everybody going. This guy is loving life at the minute. You know, he's not just turning up to do a job. You know, he came in early. He has to come back early, you know, pre-season. He came back before everyone else. He spent so much time with the dietitians, the analysts, trying to improve his game. You know, he's deadly serious. And he's come back and, and he's been phenomenal. You know, since, uh, you know, he's, he's in shape. You know, the shape he's in was good when he first came. But now, you know, he's playing wing back. He's, you know, the, the figures he must be producing up and down that flanker outstanding and it's a real testament to a guy who's really taken to professional football in a really se- in a real serious way it could have been you know a lot of footballers there's a huge temptation Matt isn't there whereby you can fall into all sorts of traps you know social traps you know and you know agent traps there's all sorts you can fall into but this guy has really taken the bull by the horns and he loves it and I think that's the best thing to see and the enthusiasm he has for everything just makes me want to watch over and over again and you know Sauber Thomas is on the pitch I'm going to enjoy the game. I think that body language thing that you're alluding to is really important. I mean, bear in mind you, your Diacabis and your Mbenzas, and quite often they've looked a bit like entitled, a bit like reluctant to be there, a bit like they kind of think that they're the part, you know, and, and actually they're not. When you look at the actions and you look at what they're producing on the pitch, there's kind of like it just feels that there's a lack of energy and a lack of kind of like looking like they care. Um, so it, it's nice to see somebody coming in with the attitude where they're, um, like, like you say, happy to be there, enjoying their football, looking to kind of take, make the most of the opportunity rather than sort of um, just thinking that they're entitled to something, you know, because they've been a, a big transfer or something. So long may it continue. I, I just guess that the, you, you know, he's... <laughs> it's going to be very difficult to maintain the kind of efficiency that, that he's kind of creating at the moment. So uh, I just hope he can, but you, you, you just love to see it, you know, and I think it seems to be infectious because what I would say is that for a long time, and especially like the, the whole pandemic thing created a very different football experience, didn't it? Without the crowd. And I felt that we really struggled with that because I felt that we were hitting our stride before the pandemic and then when we came back, we couldn't really get out of second gear. And a few of those games where maybe I felt that we were going to murder the likes of Luton last, um, you know, when um, when we came back. And all of a sudden, we were a little bit slow out of the blocks after the pandemic. We missed the crowd that would have usually intimidated. And I think that we kind of, at home, we were poor. And I think that now you've got that football back again and fans back again. I think Huddersfield was a club where when the crowd start to get a little bit into it, they can have a real impact on the players, you know? Uh, and that's the same everywhere, of course. But at town, I feel that there's always been quite a special relationship. When the two get going, we can really sort of like uh, create some momentum in the team. And um, But it, that's two-way as well. And I think what he's doing is he's energising the crowd and that's getting the crowd into it and it's feeding back in. But the impact now is that you're sort of seeing everybody starting to look like they're enjoying it rather than what it looked like a year ago, which was that everyone was kind of didn't want to be at Huddersfield Town, didn't want to be playing. So it feels good right now. Um, and and that, that young man, Sorba Thomas, has, has had a good bit to do with that for sure. I think the thing for me is, I mean, a lot of what you said there, 100% uh, right. And I put a tweet on Saturday night, I got a few pellets for it. I can kind of see where people are coming from because... To me, I think Callis has stu- It doesn't really matter, does it now? Because he's made a name for himself. But Callis, for me, has stumbled across Sorba Thomas rather than believing in him. You know, it'd be interesting that he could come on here and say, sure, hang on a minute, because the reason why he didn't come in when he first signed and 
think he did play seven off the bench or something, but not not many minutes and stuff like that as well. It'd be interesting because he want this and he want that and he want ready. I, you know, it, it looks like a master shot, like he were ready. And someone fired back at me saying exactly that. That's why he hadn't been playing. Obviously, they don't know. Probably I don't know. But to me, I, I'm only kind of in my gut feel that it's kind of okay coming in because of the COVID. And then, yeah, it's took his chance on that as well. But I suppose what we've not got to forget here, this isn't some kind of guy like, God, it sounds like Darren kind of bullet guy, nine grand from Nuneaton or, you know, to a lot of town, 20 grand. This is the most expensive ever player that has gone from non-league to league football. So, you, I, yeah, we don't have expectations he's going to be like Messi, but there's obviously must be something about him. So that's what frustrated me last year. Why didn't we see him? Because he doesn't matter now. Forget about that. That's the past. They did that with Karoma as well, though, didn't they? Like... Yeah, very similar journey, Matt, yeah. to me. It's, it's just exploded on seeing the semi Karoma. And I'm getting texts from a few people who would kind of keep an eye on us because of the Premier League. Who's this Josh Karoma? Who's this Sorba Thomas? Because... That's because his name keeps Jeff Selling keeps mentioning his name. It keeps popping up on, yeah, yeah. you know, on the stuff and that as well. But it's just what you said, Matt. And, and one of the beautiful things, and again, there's been some great, there's some great camera footage. I, I don't, we have some good camera work in, in our home games and stuff. But this yeah. beautiful bit where, yeah, he got a little bit of luck with a one-two, but it was a brilliant goal. He kind of got the deflection back and finished it well. But you cannot beat that joy. The only sadness for me is that's another thing that I'll moan about again. Why we aiming towards the advert end in the second half but we'll come on to that later mm. but he's just he's going Sponsor down there he's, he's, he's losing his shit he's going mental he's looking for the fans he looks like he looks like a guy who has won a competition to play professional football <laughs> yeah. since August and yeah, his money's right. you're right Matt about what the crowd I totally agree with what you say there where yeah you could say all over your grounds whatever it's into I think when our fans either feel and agree agree with a referee or something like that as well. I find our atmosphere as well. They've yes. got something to shout at. They're powerful. And if yes. you're so Thomas, he's got no fear, mate. And reminds me, what they're cheap. Well, I don't know if they're cheap, especially you always see them no fear, didn't you? Jackets and what's mm. what? No fear. The guy's got no fear and he's running. Yeah, you can't expect these levels to continue. But it's beautiful to see that where when fear's creeping and Christ, we've seen enough fear, haven't we, in the last three or four years with players who yeah backwards first. Sober Thomas' first job. Yeah, oh, that's his first thought, and it's so refreshing. Do, do you know what? I've got to shout out that left hand side, though. Like, I really feel that we've got in the likes of um, Colwell, um, Toffolo, Louis O'Brien, Josh Caroma. I think we've got the left side of our team is it's got to be the best in the division. And I think that when they start to kind of like some of the triangles that they play. The fact that they can also, like, you know, Louis O'Brien can kind of run beyond Karoma, Toffolo can. Um, obviously, Levi can, can can play football as well. There's some real quality on that left-hand side. And, and I think that that's keeping that together at the end of the window was massive. Um, but also, I think that that created a bit for Thomas in that I think that they were having to cope with us and it sort of almost like left... Um, Sorber on a bit of an island with with their sort of like left back, and uh, and then all of a sudden the ping comes over. I think it was Cole Will for one of them switched it over, and then you've got this this confident sort of like attacking, very very direct kind of guy that's just like with full of confidence running at their sort of like left back, and 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 I think that that's interesting uh, for us as a dynamic moving forward, although. The Turton part of it, I'm not quite. It's not quite as good, is it? Because then you've got maybe Hog 
in the 3-4-3, you've got Hogg, you've got Pearson. They're not quite as uh, as fluid as, as footballers, but that left-hand side, I just think is... Uh, it's fabulous, isn't it? Thing. It's the right-hand side, though. The, what, what's really interesting, Max, we'll move on to talk about the 3-4-3, because this... Um, I guess they saw, but Thomas, I think when he initially came in January, you would imagine his fitness levels were probably not a championship level, Cosy. I would probably say, you know, I think initially they were going to potentially send him out to Harrogate. That was the word, wasn't it? That he was maybe going to go out there on loan and then they kind of kept hold of him and embedded him in slightly. And I remember when we lost 7-0 to Norwich, he came on and he was our best player by, he played about 15 minutes and he was our best player by a mile because he, he showed that no fear, you know, everyone else was paralysed by Norwich City and he came on and had a go at them. And so... I think, you know, he's kind of eking away and he's, he's just done great work. But we'll move on from Sauber. Uh, what I like about this system, Matt, is it, it felt like it was almost, I'll, I'll use Cosy's phrase, almost stumbled upon, really, because we used the 3-4-3 to negate Sheffield United's overlapping centre-backs. So right. what we've done, really, is we've come up with this system whereby you get players into their best positions, you know, Karoma, uh, you know, in that sort of inside left, you know, coming in as an inside, inside left, uh, Sauber Thomas doing his thing. Uh, you have Toffolo as a left wing back and, you know, Pippa will come in, I would imagine, as a right wing back when he's when he's fit, you know, sort of October, November time. And what I quite like is currently what Matty Pearson has played right back a lot throughout his career, you know, at Halifax and uh, at Luton. So what happens is when Sauber runs off up, up the field with the ball, they kind of wrap around a little bit and Colwell and uh, Tom Lees and Tom Lees will drag them. You know, it's almost like rugby league cause, isn't it? You know, where you, you have that role in defence, you know, the defence rolls across the pitch. And Matty Pearson wraps around into sort of a right-back position. You know, he, sit, he just sits behind Sauber Thomas. So if that quick ball comes back down the flank, Matty, you know, Matty Pearson's there first to clean it out. So tactically, they've got a lot of things covered. And what I really like about it is it kind of covers most of our weaknesses in a lot of ways, whilst also uh, helping to, you know, a lot of our strengths flourish. So Sauber Thomas, you know, from that from that angle, Josh Karoma, uh, Lewis O'Brien and Jonathan Hogg. Jonathan Hogg, for me, you know, we mentioned in the preview show, Matt, didn't we, that Hogg dropping off as a, as a deep-lying playmaker in front of the defence doesn't always work. Whereas, you know, he in this 3-4-3, Hogg is back to, you know, being boss Hogg, you know, the, the Hogg we all know. He's he's running around, he's kicking people, he's winning the ball, and he's giving it nice and easy, and the move goes on again. And Lewis O'Brien's also doing the same thing. Those yeah. two and their energy levels are, are off the scale, and those two are just winning the ball and giving it to you more. Uh, creative types and Sanani and Karoma and, and it's working really well and I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts <laughs> to be honest because you just feel that with it being Huddersfield Town there's going to be an injury around the corner or something's going to happen you know it's, COVID outbreak yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying it and uh, fair play to uh, you know I've got I'm going to give credit to Carlos um, you know full disclosure I think if Carlos had gone at, you know February March April last year I wouldn't have been bothered but now we're seeing more of what we thought we were getting. I'm starting to get back on board. You know, my chinos are out of the you know, out of the closet all of a sudden, and my New Balance are back from you know from the shoe rack. You know, it's 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 really great to see. And and one message we've had on the football forum from Dag Barn it says the last three games have seen the team with a much more coherent shape, and players look like they know their roles. All credit to Carlos. If only we had that quality in the middle. But if injuries are kind, we should be okay this time around. And I think a lot of people. Not just uh, not just us are buying into what what is you know buying into that Reading game, buying into the Everton game, and buying into the shape uh, sort of the finish from Sheffield United. And you know, fingers crossed, this is the template going forward. And if this is the template, I'm really excited, Matt. I mean, 
I, I think what we we've got a lot more to come from Karoma, you know, like he doesn't mm. look like he's fully in in his kind of his full flow state. Like last year before he was injured, um, he his flow state I just thought was like he was kind of picking up the ball, he was carrying it, it, it just kind of he just had that confidence and that that swagger of a guy that really is playing very freely and feeling like he can just do what he wants with the football. And um, he's not quite got, I don't think, to that level yet, but I'm sure that uh, if he can find that, we're good. And it's all going to hinge on this on this kid from um, from West Ham because if, 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 if he's got what we kind of hope that, that, that a young kid from the Premier League could have, you know, like a, a high ceiling, um, then it could get interesting because... But you know, by and large, the the defense is stronger. We've got a much greater kind of pedigree. The rotation's better there. Um, I feel that Stuffy were a bit short. Carlos has had to adjust. Keeping all the Lewis O'Brien has put us in good shape. And then there's a few players that now that are confident. And and we've not had a lot of that. That we've just been crippled with fear really. Um, and now the crowd are feeling a bit good. Um, and they do have a huge part to play, as we've been discussing. So yeah, I, I, I'm starting to feel. Confident, albeit three wins, I think flatters us. Um, but you know, like I think that sometimes you need a little bit of look, like we maybe had against against Preston, um, and um, maybe we had a bit of that against Sheffield United as well. But oh, we got to say as well, to be honest, the keeper I think has made a huge difference. Like my my cousin uh, Dan and, and my uncle, who we we have a, like a little town WhatsApp group, we talk about. Uh, Dan made the point very well that he thought that at Sheffield United uh, at Sheffield. If we'd have had Schofield in, we probably would have lost that game because there's kind of I think that he lets things happen that maybe Nichols doesn't let happen in the way that Nichols commands things, you know, like Nichols look like because shot stopping is one variable of goalkeeping, right? But then there's all these other things um about how they are with the football and how they communicate and how they take pressure off the defense. And for me, looking at the eye test. I never thought Schofield looked like I want a goalkeeper to look, whereas Nichols, it looks like what a proper goalkeeper should look like. Um, and, and I think that he, he's he been a part of that. Um, so um, that, I think, gives you a much better platform. He's very calm. He's very calm, is Lee Nichols. And that then transcends to the rest of the back three, which is really good. There was, there was times against Reading where there were, I think there was an occasion where there was a long ball over the top and he ran out outside his box and just very calmly headed it to one of the centre-backs, which I think was Colwell. And I like Ryan Schofield, but if that's Ryan Schofield, he either waits in the box and there's a collision between him and the attacker or he comes out and he, you know, he puts it into the stand. And it's just experience, you know, from Lee Nichols, you know, that calmness, the older head, the experience. And he's, you know, he's worked his way up as Lee Nichols. He was, he was really highly rated at Wigan when I think Wigan might have been in the top flight actually at the time. And I think he might have played a game or two and then he's just had to go back down and work his way back up. And, you know, there's a couple of crosses that he came and got against Reading as well. They were just, it just makes it look easy. It makes goalkeeping look easy. Whereas, you know, people like me make goalkeeping look really difficult. So, you know, and that's, that's a brilliant thing about Lee Nichols is that you don't realize how good he is because he just makes everything look really easy. And, you know, maybe Schofield needs a loan, like just to get games and experience because, you know, that's I mean, the best way you learn, mate. Yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah. Go on, Carl. You would look like you were going to say something. Yeah, I think it's really interesting at the moment because obviously last season we let in as many goals as as anyone, <laughs> so we had to do something different. Otherwise, Carlos would be in, out of a job. And, and kind of my thoughts were, you know, safety first managers that 
for me that we had under you know Cowley and obviously Chris Powell and stuff. So to me, it's kind of on, on one hand, I'm thinking, well done, Carlos, because you've made us more solid. You had to make us more solid, otherwise you'd be out of the job. On the other hand, I'm thinking the trouble is I didn't see the Everton game and, and all the feedback I've you know kind of been hearing was it would have kind of a we were honestly I've never known us getting knocked out of a cup game when everyone was so beat they were incredible so we must have kind of changed things and looked more positive and more front Reading, foot more attacking yeah we were yeah. front foot against Reading so I think what I'm trying to say is I want to see a bigger sample size really probably another month before I kind of say you know before believe, you get your chinos out same as me yeah because. <laughs> Yeah, we had a bit of a debate last night, didn't we, on our pod group, because Pozza was saying, like, you know, he, it's, as long as we win, he's not, everyone was saying, I'm not kind of bothered. But I don't want to be seeing kind of what maybe we've seen. You want the sexy of, wins, don't you? Yeah, but I kind of contradict myself, really, because at Sheffield United, we couldn't, I thought the tactics were right, we couldn't go, go more. But you know what I'm trying to say? I want... When I get out of the stadium, I want to be excited. And when it's time to play, you want to play. But when it's yeah. time to... Yeah, I know what you mean. The thing is, the last two games, the evidence seems to be, obviously, I saw the Reading game, that that and they, we we did. We took the game to them that as well. And we were excited. So I'm just... It'd be fascinating to see the next... Because next month, we've got midweek games to come. And when we're having this debate, you kind of start of... Uh, let's get me months right in October. Then it will be, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. But honestly, yeah, we'll be up by then at this rate. Yeah, we do look solid. And the other thing is, well, I've never known a town side from set pieces look as dangerous. It's incredible. Imagine it's if we had Jamie McComb at the back there. <laughs> oh, but every time we get a corner or free kick, I'm thinking yeah. we've got a chance here. I know we've got, you know, Pearson who can come run right, and there Tom Lees is no mug as well in the aerial. But God, how many times in the over the years have we like had a even at a mile we love to death? Like. Not really since Gary Roberts, is it? We oh. get those in-swinging Gary Roberts corners used to get 10 a season from. It's but, brilliant, yeah. isn't it? Just having that, that thing to our armory and if we can improve some of the outfield play and that as well. It's, yeah, the, the signs are really good and the next four fixtures are kind of after that. I don't think there's anyone really who... This is Stoke, Stoke is the interesting one, isn't it? So I'm sure well, Brady and Josh will... It lures will you in that. like this, doesn't it? And yeah. just as much as we were saying, oh, I didn't fancy it at Sheffield and... You know, Stoke but, is the Stoke have hit some yeah. uh, look quite decent, don't they? I think Stoke is a really good test of where we're at. To be honest, I think that will be the right good right back of it that other still didn't want. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get my head around that, but we'll we'll ignore. <laughs> yeah, don't jinx it. He'll probably play and have a storm. Yeah, out. probably three assists. What? Yeah. Well, well that, um, I think uh, Billings' long throws was our most dangerous sort of set piece in in like the last few years, which is mad. I remember that that always used to bring a little bit of optimism, but yeah, it, it, it's good seeing that for sure. I think yeah, what yeah. we were saying before it, Matt, were like, I was saying, where's our quality? Where are the quality players? But just just exactly like Croman just has gone to the phone. You'd never, if you did in a pre-season podcast last season, Josh Croman would be quality. And it's the same with this season. So it's not quality. So it's really good. There's people spring up. And like you said there, Matt, if this Mippo guy who sounds interesting and that's what Sinani, I like what I've seen with, with yeah. him there. On Saturday, all of a sudden, the, the, the list, if I were to make a list of quality players, because we used to just say O'Brien, Toffolo, you know, we kind of putting Pippa in there, really, and that as well. But now yeah. I think it's an expanding list and that can only be good. Do you know what, mate? I've got a point right at the end and I'm going to bring it forward because you have uh, mm. just segued into that nicely for me. So I'm just going to scroll down here. But the promise, the pro- what I was going to say at the end was the promise of this team for me is really exciting. I look at what we've got. I look at O'Brien. You know, the age is the relative age and the, and the fact that these players are still on an upward curve at the minute. I look at O'Brien, I look at Scott High, Toffolo, 
Edmonds Green, Caroma, Sauber Thomas, Pippa, Sanani, and they're all relatively young. Tuffalo may be the oldest of those. And if we can maybe add over the, I want to see over the next 18 months, this core group stick together. I know it's going to be difficult because people will come and offer money for X player, X, Y player, and we've still got to uh, clear yeah. debts at the football club. And that's, that's the difficult thing. But that's the issue. If it's- we can keep this core of players together and they can keep improving under this coach, then I look at that and I get really excited. I, I, I really like what Scott High brings and the potential of Scott High. I like, you know, and you look at that mid potential midfield, you know, of Pippa on the right, Toffolo, Scott High, O'Brien, Sauber Thomas up front, you know, with Josh Caroma, potentially a new guy, Mipu Obadiku. And all of a sudden you're thinking this, this could potentially be really exciting if they continue to grow together and the, the team yeah. could genuinely go places. It's just keeping the wolves from the door, isn't it? Not maybe, maybe literally yeah, at some point. But look, look, when you're talking about wolves from the door, it's kind of like, that's right. Let's keep the wolves out. Like that's your plan. And and I honestly, you've got to look at what the motive motivations of the club and the owner of the club are, you know, like I, I still see us and this is the problem because there are some beautiful things here where a bit, a bit, bit, I look perhaps, you know, a bit of good, good business, but um for me, when you look at the decisions that have been made, we've had the best window, I would say. Um, but I think that we're a selling club, you know, like I do think we're a massively a selling club. I don't know what the motivations of, of uh, I don't know if we're actually sitting there going, how can we really like be the best that we can be or whether we're actually 99% of the decision making process tracks to financial you know reasoning so that that's my only fear i think that there is some good good things to play with but i don't think that we're sitting there going Fuck, how can we just get that extra bit to really take advantage i actually yeah. think that they're going leads please give us this much for, for Luis o'brien and we'll we'll gladly sort of like pull our pants down because we just want the instant gratification of some dough do you know what i mean so they can i don't know pay, pay off, off or whatever yeah yeah so, yeah, so that's, that's my fear with it. Um, and that's why all of my excitement about a couple of players in a couple of moments is tempered by the reality of what the goal is. Well, like are. I said, there is a really good core there. So maybe one or two out and decent replacements might not be too detrimental. But smart, you've hopefully. got to be honest, young players, you cannot, as much as we're loving this ascendancy from Sauber Thomas. They're all playing for England, mate. That's what's happening. Yeah. But you can't or Wales in carry Thomas's on a full season. You know what I mean? It's, you know what the the wear and tear of a championship expectation. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's great of getting these young players. I must admit, somebody's come to me and kind of thrown in. I can't believe we've got like an experienced striker or someone up front and that. So I'm like, well, hang on, we got Jordan Rhodes. But I know what they're trying to say because obviously not. It's almost like, but then you know, Fred Campbell's or but I, I know what they're kind of trying to say. It's like you need. I suppose you just a club like ours just can't. Kind of sign players. Yeah, we can't go out and sign a 25 goal striker. We need to create well, players, and that's what we're doing, isn't it? But I so. just think, yeah, it's, you know, not in a forest next home game. Everyone, they'll be still bottom when we play them. It's like everyone will be, should be winning this. And that's the thing, just temper it, and that's what, because they're yeah. down. But then when you think what Coroma did last, I suppose he had a big injury layoff as well. So you just got to watch out. But it is, it's interesting, isn't it? Which is more than I think we could have said. Before the window opened, and that's some well, things to look forward to, mate. That's yeah, it. All definitely. of a sudden, we've got things yeah. we can we can be excited about going forward, which is great. And I'm going to be excited about reading out the football forum.
Okay, so I'm going to move to uh, the Twitter comments. So I'm going to go through some of these. If you guys want to jump in with any of these comments, feel free to do so. Uh, but thank you to everybody who gets in touch with us and uh, and sends in their messages. We always appreciate it when everybody gets uh, gets in touch and uh, and interacts with us. So uh, Jay Bentley says, uh, Thomas, the assist engine is just incredible. I'm trying not to get carried away, but we have an international break in town of fourth with a positive goal difference and some winnable games <laughs> yeah, in September. I know, positive goal difference. That's, that minus, have we? Come <laughs> that's, on. that's the amazing thing. Uh, <laughs> if, if you can't be happy today, football, maybe football is not for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nathan M says, uh, a brilliant team performance with contributions from everyone. Not enough superlatives for Sober Thomas. Absolutely outstanding yet again. Carlos looks to be growing as a manager. Top four with positive goal difference. Couldn't really ask for more going into the break. Uh, Hudders Wayne says, we can't get carried away after beating three really shit teams, but days like this don't come around too often for town fans. So we're on our way. Cosy, take that one out. You're not going <laughs> to sing it, are you? We were it's actually singing that in the South before, but it's, We didn't draw or lose or what have you. We got nine points against them, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sheffield United can't be as bad as this carrying on, so don't <laughs> be big points then. Uh, Wayne does say seriously, though, we would have taken this position after Fulham top four and eight points clear of the drop. Uh, <laughs> you, are. you are. You <laughs> are. And one thing we've not mentioned, guys, William Bradbury says Danny Ward has finally scored and the BBC called him Josh Ward, which was... Uh, Lovely for Danny. <laughs> so HTFC Hursty says, uh, Kyle Brown has calmly and quietly turned the ship around. Couldn't go into the break in better form. Suddenly it doesn't matter if you like Phil, Bromby, Devlin, etc. We have a team we can get behind. Well done, everyone. And I think that's it. The, you know, that's that's a good point, actually, that when we are doing too badly, there's all sorts of fractures and people are pointing fingers at this, this and that, and that which does happen. Uh, but a good football team unites a lot more people than divides, which is great. Uh, Clark Eastwood says a great win based on a solid defensive platform. Having four informed centre-backs to draw from is a luxury. Front foot from the off and everyone putting in a shift. The collective delight from the whole squad with each goal shows that there is a real togetherness in this group. I think that's a great tweet. Uh, James Slamdance Cosmo. Uh, fantastic win. What a player Sauber is. Everything clicked into place suddenly. Fingers crossed for Lewis uh, that he stays, which he has. And Ward can hopefully kick on to now. Uh, Terrier1964. What a week to be away on holiday. Got home just as the fourth goal went in. Anyone fancy paying me to go away October half term? I think we'll all pay away for him to go tomorrow, you know, for the, <laughs> after the international break and stay there, Andrew. Off you go. Uh, just to wrap up now, John Broadley says, wrap Sorba the, Sorba the Great up in cotton wool for two weeks. No more injuries in training, please, Carlos. Craig Holroyd says, what a difference a few weeks makes playing on the front foot and moving the ball quicker. Still think a new striker in midfield would benefit. We've got that striker now. Credit where credit's due. Defence recruitment looks spot on. And Sivan John says, kudos to Carlos for weathering the storm and sticking to his game plan. I know these are early days, but no harm in dreaming of being in the Premier League next season, which goes against what you two, I think, would like. <laughs> but And then uh, the last last comments, the Huddersfield Town family, uh, friendly, uh, the great Facebook group if you want to join that. Uh, says, Sober Thomas, this man is on fire. What a find. There are hidden gems out there. It's just about finding them. Uh, the podcast could well be named after him now. He's certainly taking that chance. Way. Uh, Jerry Hinnon, an, a, an actual American town fan. We've got a couple of those, believe it or not. Uh, it says, man, I remember 87 years ago when town got destroyed by Fulham and responded by not getting a single shot on target at home to Preston North End. Terrible dark times those were eight plus decades ago. Uh, and Dan Peckett says, I wasn't predicting a win until I saw the team training before the match, seeing the lads with big smiles on their faces, including the bench players. I could tell that there was a genuine camaraderie that I haven't seen in a long time, uh, which is a great point and one that we've, we've noticed because, isn't it? I think what's interesting, Matt, is like, if you look at that team, we're going about it, don't we? That, that team that played in the pandemic game against West Brom when we got Leeds up, 
and the quality on that bench. But the expectation, I think, because of some of them names were still like Premier League, I think the expectation was higher, even though we'd lost a lot of games. There was higher expected of these players because of kind of what they maybe have done in the past, Shinlin and Otherwood and stuff like that as well. I think a season without the fans, a lot of them players kind of are gone and a lot of fans are just almost like expectations has gone. It was interesting what Matt said there. It's like, where, where are we really heading? You know, what, what are the fans? Are we just wanting a bit of fun again? Just enjoy us football? Or do we want to go back to Premier League and that? So I honestly think now people are just coming in, not almost like written it off and down, but, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, well, for me now, I, I came into the season thinking 16th to 24th, I thought we'd probably go down, to be honest with you. And we, we both said 18th, didn't we? Yeah, we did. But so my expectations were really, really low. So all of a sudden, we're seeing like green shoots and recovery. Well, obviously, we're winning games against, yeah, okay, one or two poor sides. But it's a little bit different now. I think the town fans' expectation is totally different, even to the before COVID locked us down. I just think it, you, 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 you've hit the nail on the head. The expectation is actually the source of dissatisfaction in most situations. Like in the Premier League, the expectation got, we went up there really, how we got up? We had no right to get promoted on that budget. You know what I mean? We didn't. And we, we got up because we, we somehow fostered this amazing team spirit. We had a little bit of luck with injuries and we, we managed to win a coin toss and get up there in, in the playoffs, right? But we were... It was a very big gap that we had to fill in a very short amount of time, operationally, logistically, before you even put out 11 players on the pitch. We had a lot to do. The fact that we stayed up in that first season was actually a miracle. It was a miracle. And then you go into that second season, and I just felt that the expectation just went mad to the point where people were seeing players going to these other places. Well, we should be signing him. And everyone sort of started to drink that Premier League Kool-Aid and get a little bit carried away. And it got to the point where I thought that the fan base did go toxic and people did lose complete... Um, they lost control. They lost reality, essentially. And then everybody started to get really, really upset when actually it was quite clear we were, we were overmatched from start to finish. We were never going to... It was only a matter of time. And everybody came down really pissed off that carried on. People were talking about bouncing back, but you had all these players. No one wants to sign for Huddersfield Town, really. Like, let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? There's a few people. I would. Do you know what I mean? Matt's son would. But the but footballers, they don't. They want to play the high level. They want to play for big teams. You know what I mean? They want to get as much money as possible. That's the reality of it. And I felt that that expectation that we came down with meant that we were living up to this false reality that we were never gonna and everybody was then completely pissed off and and I think you've hit the nail on the head that actually going through that process town fans have actually gone do you know what actually they've lost that and now we're just happy to be here happy to be able to go to the game happy to cheer on some young kids you know what I mean and get behind some players that look like they're they're they're, they're happy and and I think that that could be the best thing that, that happened for them because now they're going to get behind them rather than feeling that they're kind of like I don't know, this dissatisfaction with where we are versus where they think we should be, you know. So I think... Yeah, really, I totally agree, Matt. And I do think that that journey we went on to get into the Premier League, because things from Christmas, it was like, you know, we were, you know, wow, this is good, but can we stay there? And we're like, wow, this is getting serious. And you were going to places like Rotherham away, like, we've got to win this and Brighton at home and Leeds mm -hmm. and what have you. 
And it's like now, I, I like the fact, I always like being the underdog, I suppose, as a yeah. town, that's all you're ever going to be. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting going to Stoke, you know, in the, the next game. And it's like, again, it's it's kind of a bit of excitement, really, because even though we're probably, I think we're either them in the table, sorry, I don't know where Stoke are, but I still will expect probably that it's going to be a struggle where, I suppose it just gets to that point, doesn't it, where do, does reality kick in or does this, do we have another good month? And then it's like you're thinking, good. I suppose it's just enjoying us football again and being a fan because when you're getting beaten week in, week out, it's it's a totally different thing. I mean, to win three games, I know we laugh at it and, and the opposition, whatever, but it is an amazing thing that for a town side that's been in shambles for three, four seasons to, to win three games in a row. I couldn't bear that Premier League. Like when we were going to places like Liverpool, even, and we were just like, just seem to be happy to just be in our box. I was just like, what is this? Why am I wasting my energy doing this? Like, this is, there's nothing to cheer for here. Do you know what I mean? I'd much rather reign in in hell than serve in heaven. Do you know what I mean? I, I just wouldn't. I thought that Premier League experience was was just ugly. And in fact, it went into the second year. It was almost been like, oh God, because parts of it were just ridiculous. But people kind of wanted that status. It's a very weird poison chalice, the whole Premier League. But you're right, where we are now, the fact that we're now going, oh God, we could look at, could, could we win this? Like, it's good to actually go into games thinking you've got a chance and, and you could win something, you know, something to cheer for. God, this is an interesting debate. It probably rips up your script here, Matt. But Sheffield <laughs> United is obviously like the perfect template where you can just see, like, it's almost a ghost of us, obviously, all stayed mm-hmm. up against, well, not all the odds, maybe than we did, but ridiculously overachieved, come straight back down, lost the, the kingpin, the talisman, Wagner, you know, Wilder. But the difference is now is there, look at their squad and Bruce and what have you. They've got ridiculous, you know, Sander Burst. They've got like top players. They're thinking, right, well, they should be up there with like Fulham and stuff. And it hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a long way back from that. I know they've kind of gone around. So it's hardly looks like a you know club that's ready to settle for mid-table at this stage. But it's just that expectation that they'll be going out in the lane. It's like they're expected to be player mm-hmm. spots minimum where I think we all hoped we'd be that kind of that. But it's, it's all about what you expect going there. And we're having fun again now. And I think, like I say, it's the Scott Eyes and Thomas's and what have you, it's rubbing off on the on the fans and stuff. The social media stuff's quite interesting because I think that's a big influencer for me. And the stuff that's kind of been churned out, there's there's a lot of smiling faces, like the Mipo, are we, we going to come on to him now or whenever? But it's like real, I liked what he was saying, real humble guy, real excited guy looks can't wait to be here that doesn't mean to say he's going to score 10 goals or whatever but it's these kind of characters we had in where I think we've had like to you know Pritchard mm-hmm. and <laughs> going on you know that's, that, apparently that, that second season cause in the Premier League apparently we we altered our approach and we we allowed uh, because we thought we needed to get a better quality of player we actually went against what we did previously and got players in whose personality may not have matched before I think the word Matt is hunger mate Hunger. Yeah, and we, it's got the younger back a little bit, which is good as well. Not I'm going to come on to the transfer window, but in the we'll, we're going to go back as well to Phil's interview in, in May. And Phil does mention, and this is on point as well, Phil mentions that uh, the problem with coming down was a lot of players came specifically for the Premier League and not for Huddersfield Town. And I think that pretty much, I think everyone would concur that, you know, you look at a lot of those players who came in, you know, your Terence Congolos, uh, etc. Don't, don't like hanging people out to dry, but I'm sure he doesn't care <laughs> what I think. So, you know, people like that probably came for the Premier League experience because Huddersfield Town, a Huddersfield Town, you know, people don't, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo's just gone to sign for Man United because it's Man United, essentially. You know, he's not going to just go to the Premier League and sign for whoever. So, you know, Huddersfield is a tough sell, you know, for, 
you know, in terms of Championship and Premier League. And when you can get those young, hungry players in Cosy, then that's really what makes Huddersfield tick. You know, the sort of the Huddersfield matches well. You know, you, you talk about um, personalities of football clubs. Huddersfield Town's personality is that of the underdog, is that of someone who's striving to be better, you know, and improve, work and work hard and improve. And David Wagner embodied that brilliantly. And he took us all on this huge ride up to the Premier League based on this ideology. And the players have really got to fit that ideology. And we and we slipped up, you know, in the second season. And, uh, you know, and we're now starting to get some of that back with, you know, your Sorba Thomases, your Scott Highs, your Caromas. And we love it. We love it. And we're going to go to the transfer window. <laughs> so there we go. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, that. But let's, okay. So let's have a look at the transfer window as a whole. So late in May in 2021, the majority owner and chairman, Phil Hodgkinson, did an interview on Radio Leeds, bestowing the quality of Carlos Corbran. He said that the first players to come in would be a goalkeeper, right back, left back, centre back and a striker. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This interview is still online at Radio Leeds if you want to go back and listen to it. Uh, the five players that came in were Lee Nichols, Oliver Turton, uh, Josh Ruffles, Matty Pearson and Jordan Rhodes. In this interview, he then went on to say that thereafter that the club would need to move players on, i.e. make some sales uh, to reinvest into signings further up the pitch to get people on their feet. Uh, then he, he also went on and said another centre-back uh, and attacking midfielders and uh, we were looking at Premier League and, and overseas loans. And I think some people have taken that, uh, that you know, he was going to make some bums off seat signings uh, and maybe expected a little bit more of what we've done, which which is fine. But I think this goes back to the expectations of what Huddersfield Town are, you know, and links him to what you said, Matt, about the expectations and the reality of what Huddersfield Town are now and maybe what we're striving towards. And I think sometimes maybe that picture's not not very clear, you know, as to what we're looking for. I think some people would have said, Connor Hurrihan is is someone who maybe we should look at, but you know, you look at his fifty grand a week wages, and you know, Huddersfield aren't going to be, you know, paying that anytime soon. Uh, okay, so he did say as well, possibly two out and eight in. Uh, to the club's credit, the outgoings were slow. So they, after Phil Hodgkinson said this about you know on your feet, bums off sign, you know, bums off seat signing, we did bring in Levi Colwell, uh, Daniel Sanani, uh, Tom Lees, and we brought in uh, Mipo Odebeko. Uh, I won't count John Russell or any B-team signings. Uh, there was interest uh, from the Chesties uh, with Lewis O'Brien, but from what we understand, Leeds didn't structure the deal uh, with enough guaranteed cash. And it was, uh, you know, a lot of spurious clauses maybe in there, which may or may not have happened, which meant that, you know, Huddersfield weren't interested in that. And we'll talk about Mbenza a bit later on. So since that interview, we've had nine in and we've had one fee recouped and that was Janino Bakuna. Um, but we have released nine, which has trimmed the wage bill significantly as well. So I thought what might be quite fun is to go through these new signings and maybe give them a, an early rating. I know they've only played 
well, Josh Ruffles hasn't played yet, and neither has uh, Mipo, uh, Mipo Obadeko. So we'll we'll probably ignore those. Uh, and I thought what would be quite fun is if we give them a, a little rating on our little sheets here, uh, and we'll we'll see and we'll do a little bit of a chat about what we think of each one so far. <clears throat> so we've touched on this already. So Lee Nichols, Cosy, you you're going to use your fingers because. Um, you haven't got a notepad. So we're going to go look at Lee Nichols. So uh, I mentioned earlier, I love how calming Lee Nichols is. He doesn't do anything spectacular. He doesn't windmill at crosses like a stressed out daddy long legs or anything like that. I think he's quite a good a good spot. So I'm going to give uh, hit Lee Nichols. So we'll all hold them up at the same time. We're going to go Lee Nichols. I've gone seven. Matt's, <laughs> Matt, because of the background, has gone an eight. And Cosy's gone seven. So that's, it's all like um, Matt having this pad. He can't see it. Get your hands in the air, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it there now? Yeah. Yeah, the only thing... Seven. I think you've got to judge him, obviously, what he's done, but I think the bar and our goalkeeping has been set so low in recent seasons that I think uh, I think anyone could have come in who were half decent and looked better than what, what we had, really, and that as well. But, you know, credit to him. We were saying it's actually who's going to be the number one. There's no, absolutely no doubt at the moment that we've got that shirt. It's going to take a long, a lot for it, him to lose it, really, now. Just keep him, keep him fit. That's what we want. We've got more promises that Cameron Pope may be joining us any moment. So Cam's finally sorted his router out. So hopefully he'll be in uh, anytime soon. So I'll just prep you guys for that, just in case he randomly appears. Uh, right. So next uh, we have Oliver Turton. So <clears throat> on three, yes, we'll go three, two, one, and then show three, two, one. I've gone for a. Cosy, what are you going for? Yes, him. Oh, Matt's gone for a four, Matt. Justify your four. I mean, look, it's early. He doesn't look to me like he's at that level. Uh, he, he looks he looks like he, you know, you were talking earlier about Nichols and playing calm. It looks to me like the game's going faster in his head than it actually is. Um, I haven't just been impressed with what I've seen from him so far. So I, I can't see him doing anything but filling on the odd game. And um, yeah, I, like I, I look at him and I'm just, yeah, I, I don't think he's the guy. He's not it. He uh, he gives me, because Darren Edmondson PTSD does uh, Ollie Turton. I'll be honest, he reminds me of Darren Edmondson so much in that, you know, the effort's there, but maybe the quality is, is not quite what you're missing. But it's very early for him. So I've given him a six because it's early and he's he seems relatively solid. I know people point to the Everton goal and he got, he got you know, lost his man, but I'm not entirely sure that was all all on him to be honest but I'm going to give him an early six because we've made a good start this season and he has he has contributed and you you think you've pointed six as well didn't you yeah I'm looking forward to having a few beers with some Blackpool fans uh, in a couple of weeks and just to get in get chatting to him about him and that as well because like you say normally you'd see one or two qualities even at this early stage and like uh, Matt was saying now I think you're struggling to see it. the one thing that stands out is he's crossing distribution seem to be pretty poor and that as well but it's yeah I think the bar, so I think we had a toffle over that. Anyone who was gonna, you know, and Pippa, to be fair, you know, Pippa, yeah, they came in and but he does, he's definitely looks a downgrade. But like, say, his early days, and he'll be in a training thinking, I've got to get my finger out to kind of get up to our level, really, which is, uh, you know, good for him. He's still got plenty to give us, I think. He can't just be, uh, you know, a bit of a Blackpool ledge. I'll get in the lower divisions and just mm. kind of show us what he has. So I think there's got to be more to come, surely. Mm. Cam, how are you doing? 
Gentlemen, the uh, the vagaries <laughs> of the internet have deprived me uh, of, of your company for the first however many minutes I've missed. But thankfully, my router has now been kicked into life. It was a classic uh, <laughs> kick up the ass tactic that seemed to do it in the oh, end. Right. So uh, glad I could finally join you. Well, that's great. We've had a great show, so we'll see. You <laughs> <still getting>. yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> yeah. We're just doing the transfers cam. So what we're doing is we are giving a little rating to... Um, the players that we've got so far we've even well me and matt have gone as far as scribbling down a number in our notepad to give out such as this um because he's using well, his handy. fingers i've got a really high-tech system prepared here <laughs> with an orange highlighter and uh and some paper so i'll be able to join right in hopefully fantastic so, better than your internet cam. Well, <laughs> yeah, indeed. what we're going to give you well what, what we'll let you catch up uh cam we'll say what would you give lee nichols then out of out of 10 for his uh start so far this season well, luckily, Lee Nichols was the easiest one to come to because he is right at the top of my notes and he scores a very solid... It's going backwards, isn't it? Nine out of ten, that's a P. Oh, that's decent. On there. But uh, <laughs> indeed, and so I think he's excelled in the position we most needed cover insurance in. Three clean sheets in the five he's played. He's got a command over his box that we haven't seen since, I don't think, since Jonas Lursel left. Uh, sometimes, and the only one criticism I can come to is that I'd like him to distribute the ball a little bit quicker. Sometimes you see Thomas and uh, and, and, and Karoma asking for the ball straight out of his hands and, and for whatever reason he likes to hold until we've got into shape. Perhaps he's been told to do that. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see him let loose with the ball a little bit quicker so he can counter sometimes, but there's no real qualms for me to be to me to be to be had of him, to be quite honest. So nine out of ten. Good. I think that's I think we give him mostly seven just because of how cat he's just steady away, isn't he? He's calm, he's decent, and I think he just adds that layer of just the just coolness across the back three, doesn't he? What we're he saying, does. Yeah, you can see that he gets the best out of the defence now, given that we've we finally got that solidity, and that's no shade on Schofield, but you can definitely yeah. see that the, the pressure seems to be off those defensive shoulders now. And Phil Senior as well noticed when he went against Preston, he said it's the quality of information that he gives to the back three rather than just pointless shouting. So you, you, we've all played Sunday League football, and you hear the same useless sort of shouts, turn and face, you know, sort of get into him, all this. <laughs> oh, mate, it's not quality it's, information, is it? You know, and Pickford's a panicker. Like you watch him, I thought that in the in the Euros he was creating problems for our defense. Like he looked to panic. Like and you know when like teams are going to have shots, things are going to happen. And yeah, Nichols is is a bit more of a of a calming guy, isn't he? Nichols for England. That's where we're going with that, anyway. Uh, Ollie Turton. We uh, me and Cosy gave a six, and Matt gave a four. What have you got for Ollie Turton, Cam? Well, I think I can fit in again, because again, it's backwards, but I've got a six as well. Um, I think he struggled at times. I thought that that was most evident against Everton when he was brought on. And uh, and I think that, okay, in that wide region, that's that's a position we've excelled in over the last season and a half, really, with the likes of Toffolo and Peeper. And so um, I think tough boots to fill. And I think it's something we're going to have to get used to, though, if Peeper's out for as long as we've been told he's going to be out. Uh, but he looked but he looked better, I thought. I thought he looked better um, when he came on against Reading. I think that was because the team was elevated. Um, not quite sold on him just yet, but, hey, small sample size of games, and I hope he grows into it. I think what's what's fair to mention as well that we haven't mentioned yet is that he's, a, he's an out-and-out right-back, and we've been playing him as a wing-back, which is probably not his, his strongest position. But um, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now, surely. Uh, the next one I've got is Josh Ruffles, but he's not played yet, so there doesn't seem any point really giving Josh Ruffles a a, um, a rating yet, other than just to say, uh, you know, get well Ooh, soon. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He has, he's played for the B team now, I think, because so he's, he's on the way back, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to see Josh Ruffles. So hopefully he's not on a dodgy stream any longer. Get him on a proper cameraman. 
<laughs> we'll go now with Jordan Rhodes. So, so for me, I, I'll kick Jordan Rhodes off. Uh, I love the guy, Jordan Rhodes. You know, fantastic player for us in the past. Um, and I really hope he turns out to be a great signing. But I'm still of the opinion at the minute where I'm not entirely 100% sure how he fits into this sort of fast-paced style we're playing in the 3-4-3 and we were sold. Um, I'm giving Jordan Rhodes a sentimental six because I thought he has looked okay at certain points, but I'm just, I hope it turns out well because he's a great guy. Uh, I'm just sort of sat there still wondering how he fits into everything yet. So on three, everybody else, one, two, three. I, I can't even, <laughs> I don't know yet. Like, Backwards. I can't even, I can't even grade him. Fair enough. Uh, Cam? That was a five from me. Um, middle of the road. Uh, there's been plenty of actual chances that he could have scored, which was the point disappointing thing earlier on in the season. I know he netted the penalty um, against Wednesday. And, and so, again, it's hard to judge after so few games. We're only at the first international break, of course, but fitness concerns are a real problem. I mean, we've signed the guy in a three-year contract. And if he's going to be out for so long, then then I'm just wondering who who's, who's carried out this medical um yeah I've, I've not it's not it's not been it's not been the the return that we'd all hope for but is it a return we expected possibly that's why it's not lower than a five um but look and, until he comes on and so he starts to feature regularly that's that and until then it has to stay um as a very average five but there's no there's nothing to say that okay once he gets back to fitness and perhaps gets to run in the side he's not going to be hitting double figures for us this season i don't think but but hey, like, why can't he play a role like Fraser Campbell can, where it's not the goals he scores, but the effect he has on the defenders around him? Um, I wonder about Rhodes because I think that he is a born finisher, and that's what we brought him in for. He always knows instinctively where that second ball is. He's not a, a man who's going to hold the ball up for you and bring in the small, diminutive striker. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm with Matt. I don't know if he is the sort of player. Cool. Right. Sorry about that. We've had a slight gremlin interruption, which Cam I think's brought with him. Either way, I'm going to blame Cameron. So sorry about that, Cam. Uh, right, next on our list is Matty Pearson. So shall we, after three, hold up our, what we think for Matty Pearson? I might have gone a bit low here. Uh, three, two, one. Who is Cam's, that giving him a, Cam's giving him a P, and we've got two sevens. Did I get it right that time? Is that what is that? No, it's definitely it a P. Is that it's? I think oh, it's some kind of... I thought I'd flipped the it. Six in it. It looks a six. Controversial. I yeah. can confirm it's it's definitely a nine. Mm, because then I'm going to jump in. Well, what more can you ask of a defender? He provides a decent amount of solidity at the back. Um, he gets himself onto the end of crosses at the other end. And I think the reason that, that the centre-halves are feeling so confident to be able to go forward is because they've got confidence instilled in them in behind by Nichols, And I think that's what he brings. Um, but hey, if Sorba Thomas continues in anything like the vein of form he's in, crosses and dead balls, and, and Sinani too, I should throw that in as well. Crosses and dead balls should be a major outlet for us. And so the centre-halves, they can get forward and have the confidence to get onto the end of those balls, like Yanabi Sars and, 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 and Matty Pearsons. And that could be a major outlet for us. And we need more than one one major outlet because last season that was wing backs um and so okay um there's no hiding from the fact that our center backs at the moment are a force going forward and matty pearson has been the most forceful of all of them so for me um it's a nine out of ten he's got two goals disallowed as well hasn't he so there is that as well so you know he could have been on on uh, many I, on many more um i just need I, I like there to be an alpha male like i mean you need <laughs> a few in the team and just the fact that you've got an alpha male that's kind of like able to you know what i mean sort of have that presence um and, and intimidate a little bit i i think it's key and at times i felt we've been a little bit 
soft, you know, and, and so I think he does bring a little bit of that as well as, you know, what we've been saying about getting on the end of things. So, yeah, he, he's decent. He's Peter Clark 2.0 for me. There's a lot of similarities that you can bring in between him and him and Peter Clark, right down to the fact that they're slightly uncomfortable on the ball. Uh, my my only sort of issue with him was that um, when he first came in, so like Jordan Rhodes, I was a bit unsure that he fit into the style. You know, uh, you know, we saw him at Luton, and you know, he's not overly comfortable on the ball. Uh, you look at his pass rate; it's seventy eight point eight percent, which is okay, but in terms of accurate long passes you know, he's, he's incredibly low, you know, for, for a centre-back. But And what that does is it puts a lot of pressure on Levi Colwell to be the one playing out from the back. But I think there is a, also a lot to be said for a true out-and-out defender, which Matty Pearson is. And I think that, I think out-and-out defenders are underrated these days as well because they're not, they don't look, you know, a million pounds on the ball. Um, and, he, you know, his clearances and his blocks are outstanding. He's solid. He can fill in at that right-back side. And I think he does all the ugly stuff, which people don't always glamorize uh, does Matty Pearson. So for me, he's been a pretty good seven. Well, Co- Co- you know, Cos was talking about some of these as the season goes on and young people, uh, young guys and, and the attrition of a season. He's someone that you know is going to be able to cope with that and sort of like that, that some of these young guys are going to, are going to lean on. Um, so I think a good guy to have in, in the squad and, and around the place, you know what I mean? Right, next, uh, Levi Colwell. So... Are we ready for this one on three, two, one? I think we've got is that an eight? I don't know what that is, Cam. Oh, I was I was bottling out trying to flip it around and I realized eight is probably the most screen friendly number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could see that. <laughs> Cosie, what have you made of Levi Colwell so far? Fantastic. Similar kind of uh journey. So but Thomas for me, in in that it just seems here's someone who's refreshing, you know, came in and I always, I know it's, you know, you can see there's not a lot, it's three hours in a train or whatever and stuff, but I always think when a boy comes from like London and kind of bases itself but kind of up north and that, so I think it shows a lot of balls does that. And that was the one thing when that first kind of stuck to me, wow, this is, this is impressive because even when our first sign is someone we really wanted and as well, and, and a lot of the stuff that were coming out of him on the, kind of the training videos and, and kind of the one-on-one interviews and stuff like that. So this was a guy who were learning his trade, happy to be here. And I, it kind of felt like a, a really good signing. And I think when you're going to endear yourself to the fans, if you score a winning goal like in, in, in the Yorkshire Derby in front of a 2,000 whatever crazy town fans and that as well, that's going to be... Uh, you're going to have to stop it because I've got cramp in my foot. <laughs> 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 This is bad, man. When you get to my age, you'll be, you'll be laughing. <laughs> You're not going to stop it, Matt. You're going to edit this out, aren't you? Bastard. Now I'm going to use this as like the main clip for the oh, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, selling point, the selling point of the podcast. Oh, no. Can I start again with me? No. Oh, that was perfect. No, that's, 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 what, we, that's what you paid for, that, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> no, he's, he's just, no, it he, he just looks like to me he's got a big future and, the fact that people were kind of, uh, you know, liking him to Ben Chilwell. I mean, after early days, well, after a couple of games, says it all on that as well. You so know, I think that's on how mature he is, isn't it, for his for his age? And yeah. I, I just the thing is, our defence with it has been last year was an absolute joke. The stats don't need to tell you that. The eyes told you that. And the fact that we've turned it around so far with some quality signings, a bit of a kind of <laughs> strange uh, pairings, really, aren't you? You've got kind of the other end of the spectrum with. 
you know, Leeds' age and patients that kind of got a peak age as, as well. And you've got, you know, young Colwell, obviously Edmunds Green, who would have thought he would have been out of the plant and that as well. He looked like someone who'd probably, you know, be playing a lot this uh, season, obviously, kind of the future of still Town and the fact he's been shipped out. But, no, excited to see what he can do because I think he could be more than just defence, mate. Me, I think he's got ball. Ability. So a bit tight potential. Yeah, mm. definitely, man. He's a good player and Rolls Royce. Yeah, he Rolls Royce. We we couldn't. I don't think we could have done any better, Matt. To be honest, in in terms of a left sided centre back for Huddersfield Town, we could not have done any better than. Uh, pluck Levi Colwell out from from Chelsea. Even at his age, you know, I, I think he'll play for England. I think he's an outstanding. Yeah, uh, he's going to be one of them, isn't he? That in a few years' time, we're going to be like, how oh, we had him at town, and we'll take a little <laughs> bit of pride in his career. So, when you um, know, you know, don't you, Matt? When you know, you know, mate. Absolutely, he's, he's I think as well. Like, and I'm not for a moment saying I'm not for a moment saying that. Oh, okay, we need to get ourselves carried away because you, if you look back to 2016, 2017, and we absolutely killed the loan market. You know, yeah, Danny Ward from Liverpool, Aaron Moy from Manchester City, and so I think that since then, you know, we've really needed to hit that. We've needed we needed to hit that market again. And with Levi Colwell, I mean, you can tell he's been brought up in that kind of academy because the lad has just got so much composure, like we've said, and he looks mature beyond his years already. And so, yeah, I can fully fully agree that it's going to be something like Chilwell. We see the trajectory of his career, and we see like Emil Smith throw um again it, we, we've managed to capitalize i think there and okay yes it's early doors but you can just tell you got that feeling from him from the off and you feel thoroughly content with having him um in that defense and yeah that winner against blades that ain't gonna do his reputation any <laughs> harm at all he didn't know what to do um, he's not used to crowds in like with men's football is like he mm. was celebrating you don't get that in the pdl2 do you oh. or whatever it's called <laughs> like you know it's 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 pretty it was brilliant to see and so i'm i'm i'm, I'm really pleased with how it's going it's it's that camera, it's like that we were saying earlier, that excitement. He's a player. What's going to happen? How is he going to be? You want to get down to the stadium and watch these guys. This is the refreshing thing, I think, this season is, mm. you know, mm. can Karoma get back to, you know, peak? Can Thomas keep it up? He's mm. well as good as what he's seen. There's actually stuff worth paying your money for now, where I didn't think mm. he could say that last couple of seasons. Colwell's so good, he gives costs cramp. <laughs> <laughs> And it makes it makes you excited for this people to bake as well, doesn't it? Because again, okay. it's like young lads who've got something to prove and they're coming down here and okay, yeah, they, they've got sites at Hyde and Huddersfield Town, but we don't mind the inter if they're gonna play well for us and put themselves in the shop window at their at their parent clubs and whatnot. And so yeah, you're quite right, Cosy. Exactly. It's 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 well, we're gonna stop short of champagne football, but it's uh, but it's, it's certainly bubbly at the moment, isn't it? You know what'll happen is next game. Two own goals, you get a red or something. Effie said, Effie Yeah, yeah, Effie. Right, guys, the next one is the Luxembourg Gary Roberts, as I've christened him. <laughs> We're going to go for Darnell Sinani, and I've got three, two, one. I've gone for a seven. And Matt's gone for an L. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've all gone for seven. I think it's a bit yeah. early. It's only, it's early days, isn't it? But he looks very promising, um, Matt, uh, from what we've seen. Everton, you know, he... he um, he was very threatening in that sort of attacking inside right position. You know, he looks like he can play as a 10. He can come in from the right. You know, he's got a great left foot. That free kick against Reading, you know, was an absolute, absolute thunder bastard, you know, that he's hit, you know. And, do you know, we've seen that from behind the goal and the goalkeeper gets a slight touch on that to keep it out. If the goalkeeper doesn't touch that, it goes in. It's an incredible free kick. And he's... Just having that them two, sorry, behind the ball, him and Sauber on them set pieces makes it really... Like, because they're not going to be, they're not going to know which way it's coming, right? Yep. I think that's why it's, it's very exciting. The Welsh Pilks and the uh, the Luxembourg Gary Roberts, that's what we've got now, isn't it? We're rolling back the years. Uh, yeah, great signing, Daniel Sinani. Uh, anyone else want to chime in with Sinani? 
Well, I just want to point out the fact that eight minutes tonight was all it took him to get an uh, international assist, and so uh, he he, he yeah. clearly can uh, he clearly can bring it at all levels. I mean, I know that Azerbaijan it's not exactly the creme de la creme of European football, but uh, I think it's never it's never a bad sign to see which national teams actually bank on their players, and 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 so no, like um, we haven't seen very much of him. We've been waiting really until the Everton game to actually see him in the flesh. I know he made a very brief cameo um, against Wednesday. Hey, okay, he can take a penalty. That doesn't hurt. Um, but yeah, he's not low on confidence. I like that. I like that. Okay, yeah, he, he missed a bit of a gobber against Everton, but that didn't put him off and he took five shots and he was only on for an hour. Um, he was really unlucky again not to score against Reading, so it's only a matter of time. He cracked that one off the post and you just think, God, like that, that was just about two inches of steal away, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the guy's fearless and again, he's got something to prove. He wants to go back to his uh, He wants to go back to his club at the end of the year and and and, and, and Hey, mate, he's, he's ours. He's ours next year. We, it's, uh, you know, we've got the option to buy, which is great as well. So if he smashes right? it this year, we have the option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we've got the option. All, so. all the, option the signings now. that we made, he was the most intriguing for me. When, he, you know, kind of, now and I'm going to do a little bit of homework and I looked at him, I thought, <laughs> this is an intriguing character here. He's kind of an intriguing journey and it's almost like, right, he needs to kind of set a light a, a club and and hopefully it will be us. So when I look at everyone, I mean, we've talked everyone up and he's, he's not obviously got as many marks as anyone else because he's not played as much football, but he's one I'm thinking we could have something here. So, and the early signs are really good. And it's just how Carlos mm. uses it. It'd be interesting to see where he plays him or, or finds a place in a team for him if he does. Mm. Well, it's, it's interesting that because again, like I hope, I hope now after this break, this is someone we start to see a little bit more of across that across that front region, and 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 yet the initial signs are good, and so yeah, the fact that all right, he could be genuinely our player by by this time next year. I think that's a good bit of business from the club. And okay, I've been very critical of when the business hasn't been good, but this has been the best window in a long time. Uh, and and so, yeah, the jury is still out because again, I'm not going to judge the guy. I've seen literally two hours of footy off him, but, but hey, like there's, there's definitely been, there's definitely been worse signings made in <laughs> positions uh, in the last few years. So no, the, the, the signs are good. And we'll come on to one of those shortly when we talk about outgoings, but Next one up is Tom Lees. Uh, Tom Lees uh, came from Sheffield Wednesday. I'll be honest, the way a lot of the Sheffield Wednesday fans talked about him in recent years, you thought, oh, I'm not sure what we're getting here. But on 3 2 1, what we're going to give Tom Lees, we'll go with seven. <laughs> no, <laughs> with, with the late so there go. Yeah, That's everyone's going for seven. It's yeah. impressed me. Uh, pretty solid. Uh, again, I was like Mike Pearson, I was worried that we might be lining up too many sort of industrial type centre-backs, but I just like the way he sits in the middle of that three and he just organises. And I was talking to Cosi earlier about a rolling defence cam, how he just sort of rolls the defence to the left and to the right as and when it's needed. And, you know, he's, he's you can tell he's played over 450 championship games. Uh, he, to me, looks he looks a good player and he's only 30 as well. So he's not, you know, your 35, 36-year-old. You know, he's got, you know, more than a couple of years left. And I think this is quite, you know, on the early evidence, as is what we can all go on, is quite a clever signing, I think. Yeah, again, I think this was a surprising one too. Um, I, it wasn't one that I would have put down uh, as building for the future. Again, I, I had it in my head that he was far older than he was. Yeah, um, he's one of those that feel like it's been around forever, isn't it? But, um, but no, again, yeah, whilst he raised a few eyebrows initially, I think he's displayed stability and you can tell, you can see the experience in him. You know, I think that, that it helps that that's why he's got, he's got players like Levi Colwell there and they can learn off him um, because by, okay, yeah, you've got players who have, who'd far outstrip him in terms of 
technical ability. But he's been there and he's been through tough championship seasons too. Because if this goes anything like the last few, and if and and if you know when we do start to play teams that aren't in the bottom four. Um, there's going to be difficult times ahead. And so an experienced head like him and, and the composure that he brings as well, I think we could definitely be calling on that at times. And again, you know, he's gone on the score sheet too. It's just another defender. It's been a threat in front of goal. Um, and, and and I think he's a calming influence too. I think he's good for holding that shape, like you said. And I think that other players can depend on his, on his, uh, depend on the fact that, okay, he, he's, he's, he knows the score. He knows he knows this division by the back of his hands now. Uh, I don't think we can. I don't think that's even come to play, coming come into play in the first few weeks of the season. But I definitely think on on a rough January, say when it really, when it really comes back to bite us and when the chips are down, I think that Tom Lee's. I think we'll see the value in that signing then more than ever. But so far, I think seven out of ten, fair play. Um, when he's been called into action, then then you know even as a last minute replacement and etc. For for the time of Matty Pearce and was uh, was unwell, I think he's he's done more than what we could have expected, really. We've lost a lot of leadership, haven't we? And you know, debatable whether it were good or bad, Keel and what have you. So is quality. And I still think he's got a little watch now. He'll break down and be out forever. But a bit like Elphick, hopefully not. But he looks like he's got a lot of you know time still left on the tank and that as well. And I can just kind of vision a bit of a canal side trading ground. You've got all these kind of young players and what have you, and they need people like you know Johnny Org and. You know, Tom Lee's there, sounds like Marty Pearson's a bit of a, a leader in that as well. And I think, yeah, he's, uh, he's good and he's coming straight away. I mean, he was thrown in against Preston, wasn't he, when he'd, he'd hardly trained or he had COVID or something. It could be totally wrong wrong here. But I remember he, there were interviews saying, look, or he was poorly. He, sh- he shouldn't have played, basically. But the fact that he wanted to do a job for the team said it all. So, it's, it's yeah, I think it'd be good to assign him when we got him, I think, in a bit like what have you. But it's... Uh, yeah, he's he's good, mate. And someone like Levi Cole will learn a lot from this guy. Cam's gone again. <laughs> <laughs> the router, the router's let him down. But uh, yeah, so it's too early, isn't it? It's just it's just through the door. But I think what's what's good is that uh, we we you know, cause in our WhatsApp groups and stuff, we we thought we needed a striker, didn't we? You know, we've got a couple of a uh, couple of um, strikers at the other end. You know, Danny Ward, Jordan Rhodes. Fraser Campbell, and we just needed. Kieran Phillips has gone to Walsall. Absolutely rapid and all, isn't it? This guy. Yeah, so we just needed that. That I think we just needed a bit of raw enthusiasm, and and it looks like we've got that. Yeah, energy, and then Mm. they all. To to be honest, I mean, none of those others you feel like have got ninety minutes in them. None of them you feel like have got, you know, twenty games of football consistently, like you know, to play there. So. I think it's lovely to have someone new in. I just hope he's not like too young and too fresh because 18 is, is young, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see him. Very excited. Do we know when he's going to be in for his debut? Does anybody know that? It's free to play against Stoke. So um, yeah, I would. I, I think he might appear on the bench against Stoke. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Um, I hope so. It'd be, I think he's a bit too good to throw into the B, you know, into a B team game unless it's for fitness only. But yeah, I would imagine he'll probably appear on the bench against Stoke. Uh, Danny Ward, I guess, will probably start because he scored in the last game. Uh, and then, yeah, and then we'll we'll see how we go. So um, it's an interesting one. It's one that I'm looking forward to seeing as well. Um, I guess the next thing is in terms of incoming. Is there anything that we've missed? You know, we it's easy to be greedy. You know, nine players in is it? It's easy to be greedy and want 10, 11, 12, 13, isn't it? But do we think we've maybe missed anything? There's quite a a few people have suggested that. Maybe we could have done with a creative central midfielder. Uh, that's thing. And from from what I understand, 
We had a midfielder lined up on loan from the Premier League on uh, deadline day, but it fell through. Uh, he went elsewhere. Um, Who was that? So, then? Uh, yeah, we suspect it was a, a young lad from Man City, but um, not confirmed anywhere that. But you know, it's sort of a two plus two job. But uh, I think we're okay if we if we go with this shape that we're in at the minute, the three four three. I think that you know we've got you know five five central midfielders. Would you say or people that can play? You know, we've got O'Brien and Hogg, and you've got Alex Vallejo sits in for Hogg. Uh, you've got Scott High who brings a lot of energy as well. Uh, and Dwayne Holmes as well. Dwayne can, you know, he's a Swiss army knife. He's Dwayne. He can plug and play wherever, you know, it's, it's not a terrible midfield in that three, four, three, especially if Daniel Sinani, Sauber, Thomas, Caroma, et cetera, bring the creativity higher up the pitch. Um, I would, you know, everyone would have liked an extra midfielder, but I'm sat here thinking it would have been nice, but maybe not completely necessary. And we should hopefully be okay to January. I'm not sure how you guys feel. I think that there's a few, what I like about it is that there's a few players that I think give them the opportunity to play a couple of different systems, you know, as, as you've seen. So I think that there's a 3-5-2 in there, there's a 3-4-3, there's a 4-3-3, you know, there, there's probably a, a couple of other kind of, there's attacking and defensive versions of that perhaps as well. So I think they've got a bit of flex. I think, you you know, you always want as, as many good players as possible because, the fact of the matter is, it is a season. It, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You need a squad. There's always going to be players that are like picking up suspensions, carrying knocks, and and you know, you never know when you're going to have something whereby you you're not going to be able to rely on a Karoma or or a Sober Thomas. So I think you always want more. But but what I feel, I feel quite happy personally about where we're at and where that this might be enough to get us to um, January and we can kind of look again. I think the biggest yeah. thing for me was keeping hold of the crown jewels. I've been banging on a podcast for weeks. I was quite surprised, really. I thought we might lose two out of the three, never mind keeping all three and whether right. Leeds has, uh, you know, cock up with a deal structure, what have you. But even to get them through to January, it gives us more chance to get in more points on the body. It's a simple thing to say, but it's, uh, yeah... When, when you're in and these guys don't want to kind of commit past the end of the season and you want in uh, you never know they might we might be able to get a contract signed out of them maybe they'll look at maybe I'm a bit, bit naive with my town glasses on but they'll look at what's happening like you've said Matt about the, the, the new energy maybe the development but I suppose Temple on that's early where are we heading as a club yeah, and stuff there's like? three there's three yeah. where you look at it O'Brien, Toffolo yeah. and Caroma who their contracts are if you're them why sharpish. would you sign you want to do an, you might as well do an empathy aren't you it, if I'm in their position, why would you sign? We don't pay big wages. You just yeah. see it out. It's it's the brutal reality of football, mate. Unfortunately, and just, and just command more signing on fee. Yeah. I would, I would, I would genuinely take the the money that we get from uh, Janino Bakuna's move to Rangers and potentially, hopefully, Isaac and Benzer. So we'll come on to Isaac and Benzer in a minute. So hopefully, there's there's still time for him to go. Uh, any money that we would take, I would, I would quite happily. Uh, let the club or be quite happy if the club use that money to extend contracts for the likes of O'Brien and Harry Toffolo and offer them more money. And uh, I know Harry Toffolo sometimes listens to this podcast. So if you're listening, Harry, sign a bloody contract, mate, because we need uh, we need our best players to uh, to go over the next 18 to 24 months. And, you know, we could have a very good side at the end of that. Uh, so, yeah, you're right, because keeping Lewis O'Brien is massive. I, for me, he's the type of player you want to build your club around. You know, for me, he's a future captain of Huddersfield Town. You know, you look at Hoggy at 33, and Hoggy's doing a great job at the minute in that midfield. But you're looking at long-term successor, and for me, Lewis O'Brien is the natural long-term successor to Jonathan Hogg. 
uh, come through the academy. Okay, he's not from from Huddersfield. You know, he's from uh, Stockport. You know, I think grew up sort of Stockport area. But you know, he is you know a, a quality player. And for me, Lewis O'Brien is is someone worth keeping. And if we could sort of keep him and sell others, then I would always look to keep Lewis O'Brien. It just seems a good a good lad, doesn't he? He seems like a good guy to play with. Like I like him and Toffolo's relationship. He he just looks like he's a a good sort of team player. Mm. I just love when he's pressing. It kind of like you you know what I mean. I, I don't quite get a cramp, but I'm sort of like it piques my interest. You know, because I mean? he gets the cramp. Yeah, because he gets the cramp. <laughs> but it's like like when he's pressing you, you may as well give up. Do you know what I mean? Because you just see him gaining on him and he doesn't really yeah. give away too many fouls. He's, he's clever with it as well. And um, yeah, I'll really miss him when he goes. I think he's a, but I, I kind of feel insulted by now. I was like, when I saw the numbers, I was like, oh, Leeds are signing. I'm like, okay, cool. If I guess they're paying the money. And I'm like hearing 4 million. And I'm like, are you serious? Like 4 million quid, like the amount of money that's wasted in this world. And you talk about 4 million. It is far better than 4 mil. Let's not give him, he's we're going to give him away. Let's not give him to Leeds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they've just spent 30 million on on Dan James or something like that. And it's like, come on, like please. So like, yeah, LOB, we need to keep them at all costs, really. I'm I'm I think that what's good about the outgoings is Backer. Uh, I love Backer, I love what he could have been. I love Rangers, like um, so I'm quite happy that he's gone there and I can kind of continue to to hopefully see that ceiling. Um but I think probably he was one of those that was a part of that toxic group that kind of, uh, and, and I'll put Mbenza in that as well. And I think that now the balance has gone, that there's, you know, we've spoken about Pierce and Lees. So, you know, the sober Thomas are these people with a good energy to them. And then the people that have maybe got that a bit of a bad energy, maybe kind of were like, well, I feel like I'm good enough for the Premier League and actually this club's dead. You know, you can tell that that's how maybe they, they think. So I think it's just awesome that, that we've got rid of him. It's a shame that Mbenza hasn't gone. Personally, I just let him go. Like, what, what is the value of him if you've not been able to shift him? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand it. Unless something happens with these European windows, like, what is the value of Mbenza to us? I think it's almost like a detriment. I can't believe that they re-signed him. Yeah, there is, there is conflict, isn't there? I think there's most of the, the links have come from Turkey for Mbenza and their window is open for another seven days. So all is not lost on Isaac and Benza just yet. But for me, it's looking like one of those situations. You know, when you play football manager, Matt, and you know, you, uh, someone comes in with a bid, but the, the club or his home club still have to front X amount of the contract up until it finishes. So he's got, you know, he's, he's in contract till June 30th with us. And for argument's sake, let's say he's on 20 grand a week. Uh, if you know someone from Turkey, Basiktas, Trabzonspor, Galatasaray, whoever come in and they offer him 10 grand a week, then town are going to have to make up that shortfall to the end of this season for him to go. It feels like that will, you know, I'm, I'm just speaking from, you know, general football terms. This is generally what happens in football, isn't it? If a player's on a good contract and doesn't want to go, you have to give him an incentive to go. And to me, that's probably going to have to be the incentive is that Huddersfield are going to have to make up that wage until the end of the season. And, you know, so he doesn't miss out on anything. And, and if that's the case, then so be it. Did, but did they not extend Backer and him? Like, I yeah. thought that's what happened. Yeah, they did. They, they, well, took, the, they, they took the 12-month option, didn't they? So they could try and sell them for money. So, But, yeah, so unless you've got something lined up, I just don't know why you're... But that's the thing. Like, for me, when I say that the decisions that we make, I think they track to financial reasons. 
and like financial, like, because I just don't know why you would want that guy at the club, really. Apart from a couple of free kicks, like, what have you been getting from him, you know? Like, he's been better than Diacabi, I'll give him that. But, you know, you just haven't seen that good energy, that great, that kind of desire. And quite frankly, um, he's just been very, very hit and miss with a football at his feet. So I just don't, I just don't understand why you've even taken that extra year. At least with Backer, he has produced some good kind of at times very good football, and at times he has looked like he gives a, he gives a toss. I just didn't get the embeds a bit. I think sometimes in football, a bit like the Mbappe thing the other night, where everyone's saying, "Well, they can go for free, so why you want to pay 190, 200 million? But I think sometimes in football, there's just some stuff that people on the inside must know why they're doing or done what they've done and. It's just yeah. weird. It's because from the outside looking in, I think everyone agrees that it does seem a bit crazy, but there must be a reason. And like I said, Matt, part of me does think that we will get him out in the next seven, ten days. You know what? And even if he's still there, is it really any fans issue, really? We don't pay his wages. No, no but it's not a fans issue, like, but it's a um, it's a it's a chemistry issue for, for the team, right? If there's someone that don't want to be like it only takes one toxic person to have huge uh, impact on on other people. And I think that when you've got that, um, it's the balance. If you've got a few like that, it can get really really shitty, and it can be very shitty and dressing be very undermining for for coaches and for people like that. So I, all I would say is he, he doesn't strike me like some of them. You can see it. Like with Sober Thomas, you can see with Lewis O'Brien and Toffolo that they're they're good people to have about the place. With him, I'm just looking and going, he don't look like I don't know what he brings. So unless you're actually having him not train with the team and you're having him not joining at all, uh, I think that there potentially is a detriment, not to me as a human being, but to the team I support, you know, and the chemical yeah. relationship. So he's in the B team at the minute, he's training. Yeah, there's still had to come and I think we aren't knowing where he's training, what is that, what bids we are did. Did other shut down say, right, we are definitely going to sell you. And, and some sort of a team says, right, we will be back in 100% and stuff. It's, yeah, I think it's a really tough one because it just looks a mad thing from the outside looking. Yeah. A bit like that Mbappe thing. But there's a, I think there's a lot of things to take into account. I think I think Mbenz is a really good learning point for the football club as well because I think when the likes of Mbenz and Diakabi came in, I don't think Huddersfield were really set up for players like this. You know, from what I understand when these players came across that spoke very little English, you know, in Diacabian and Benz's um, case and Huddersfield pretty much picked them up from the airport and dropped them off in the town center and said, see you at training on Monday. You know, there wasn't, I don't think right. there was masses of, from what I hear, there's wasn't masses of help from them early on. And Adama Diacabi got burgled, I think. And, you know, and Benz right. and they both had sort of settling in periods. And by that point, and I think in terms of training, they were struggling in training to to get up to speed with what some of the things wanted and things didn't gel. Uh, and to Isaac and Benz's credit, I think last year he came back really early and worked really hard to get in into the side. And he did do well and it, you know, for that first period and then struggled with injury thereafter. And I think once the club made it clear to him that he wasn't wanted, then he's obviously gone, well, screw you all. You know? And so I think there are two sides to this. And I'm not, and I don't think everybody, including me, I don't, I certainly don't know the full story of it. But there are little things that you hear, and you just, it just makes you think, oh right, okay, that's not been great for him on that side. So I think there are mitigating factors. But my overriding feeling is that this is an expensive learning, uh, learning exercise for Huddersfield Town. And the next time Huddersfield Town hopefully get to this stage where they can go out and buy players for 15 million quid, 
10, 15 million quid from France and Belgium, et cetera, that they have things in place which will enable them to, you know, integrate much more quicker and and things are a little bit different. So, uh, you know. Or, or just not bother. And I mean, what or I just keep buying non league players like Sauber Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'd prefer to just kind of go up and try and keep that together and just add little bits rather than rather than stretch and reach it's just almost like you were kind of throwing money and just kind of hoping something sticks so doing Norwich hopefully that's the lesson that they learn I think that should uh, pretty much round everything up for this week we've I did ask for some comments on some transfers and I'll, I'll read a couple out um Hursty HTFC Hursty says we've brought in solid backup across the board and some good starting options would have been good to shift some fringe players like Mbenza and Reese Brown and loan a couple more young players out as well like Jackson Schofield uh, he's cautiously optimistic though uh, Stephen Murray says he's intrigued by Reese Brown. Nothing about him going anywhere, but doesn't seem to be near starting unless Corbran uh, thinks with more coaching he could be missing be the missing creative midfield. I think that's a good question for another episode. Uh, John Lamb says about as good as we could have hoped, really. I feel the club have stretched the budget as far as it can. Plus, we got a striker. I'm more worried about cover for Hogg than anything else, considering his hip injury and track record and our track record without him. Uh, Shane Wood says decent window, in my opinion. Only questionable signing is Turton, but that's just my opinion. And Craig Watson says, as good as, if not slightly better than could have been reasonably expected. With hindsight, we should have let Membenza go on a free and creativity in central midfield is still a question, but we now have a solid keeper and a backline, which has a, was a must. Uh, Dwarf Pen, key addition to the squad has been the fe- this fella confidence. It's amazing to see the difference. Uh, Sinani looks good. Sauber and Karoma keep getting better and better. Keeper and backline solid. Stoke will be a real test. Uh, HTFC Dream says, uh, good window, but not perfect. Great backline and goalkeeper. Thomas and Sinani look good. Holding on to O'Brien is great. Hopefully Mipo can step up and the bench now looks decent. Uh, and there's a few sort of said as well, Schofield maybe and Marcus Hayes and maybe Schofield could have gone out and got a loan, but it would have left us a little bit short, especially with without really going with a third keeper this year as well. And um, Marcus Hay as well so, sort of has a, a list of things that he would like. A goalkeeper, a prem loan, right back prem loan, centre midfield permanent, winger permanent, might be overstretching that a little bit, Marcus. Who knows? Eh? <laughs> we've, we've had nine. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with being ambitious. But that's it really this week. So thank you to everybody for joining. Thanks to Cam, wherever he is, for his cameo. I think we'll just call him cameo from now on. Um, Matt, it'll be good Talking to see you. cameo, mate. Look behind you. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> there we go. Bitching version. There we go. Oh, little man. <laughs> I know. He's You'll always... smiling if you go to John Smith Stadium every week. I know. Here we go. He's, he's, he'll, be, he'll be on it in a couple of weeks, I think. So There we go. Anyway, I think that's good night from everyone. Say good night, Charlie. Good night. <laughs> there we go. Good right, thanks, everyone. See you later, Matt. See thanks a lot, Matt. Matt, Matt. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while Upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say 
Who can be the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily, and every ghost shall be a memory. So town, play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield. So town, play up and bring the car. Back to Huddersfield. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.